What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and welcome to episode 1102 of AskPat 2.0. Now, typically, we do a coaching call with an entrepreneur just like you, one where I hear about the issues, problems, needs, help, and I, I offer whatever I can to help that person. And we usually do that at the beginning of the year for several months, and then at the end of the year, we bring people back on to, to chat with them and see how they're doing and see what action they took and what the results were. We're bleeding over a little bit from 2019 because earlier in 2019, we interviewed Aaron Demoni from The Petite Planner and several others and featured them at the end of the year. And we, there was just so many great stories that we wanted to, to, to highlight them all. And uh, this is one of the last ones of the 2019 season. And we're going to begin the 2020 season of regular scheduled Ask Pat coaching calls next week. But today's a Where Are They Now with Aaron Demoni from, like I said, The Petite Planner. She came on a while back to talk a little bit about uh, what uh, courses she was going to run and some planning and logistics and just kind of understanding sort of what priorities were at the time. And now she's coming back on to tell us how things are going and where those priorities are and some things are happening, which is great. So make sure you sit back, listen in, subscribe if you haven't already. Now's the time to do that. And sit back. Here is Aaron Demoni from The Petite Planner. Hey, Aaron, welcome back to Ask Pat. How are you? I'm great, Pat. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm excited to catch up and see how things have been going. Your previous episode was in episode 1063, where we talked a little bit about your growing business, but it kind of felt like it was stalling out a little bit to you. We, we kind of talked through that. So I'm interested to know now, months later, how are things going? Things are definitely better. I did take some of your advice. I mean, I, you know, I veered off a little priorities are still kind of an issue for me, but it's doing better now. I think I've got my priorities better under control in what areas I need to be focused on and which are actually productive towards what I'm working on. That's great. And and does that mean letting go of other things that you were doing? Yes. So, and I know that there are probably people that totally disagree with this, but I was creating content for Instagram probably for an hour to an hour and a half a day in the past. And now I kind of just I don't post as often. My numbers are actually not, they fell, but I'm not too worried because when I was looking at like my analytics, I wasn't getting as much from Instagram as I was from other platforms, whether it be Pinterest or Facebook. So I've taken that energy and just put it into other sources where my audience seems to click through or be more engaged. That's really great. I think that's really smart of you to look at sort of, okay, where are actually the customers and the audience coming from. And I'm curious, when it came to Instagram, I'm curious why you had felt the need to put an hour to two hours a day into that before learning where your audience was actually coming from. Okay, well, in the beginning, when I very first started that Instagram account, it blew up and it got really big really fast. But so what I do is like drawing and calligraphy and things like that. So it was creating new content physically every single day, whether that be forced drawing or different things. So depending on what I was creating dictated how long I would be doing it. But there were days that I was doing it for the sole purpose of Instagram and not for myself or for my business. So it was just this very ugly cycle of I was doing something that originally brought me a lot of joy and that I really enjoyed doing. And it turned into this chore of like, I have to do this for Instagram. And I'm taking almost two hours a day to sit down and draw out something just so I can post it on Instagram. And then 
with all the algorithm changes on Instagram, that was really when I just kind of was like, I'm, I'm not going to put this kind of effort in for little to no return. And not that I don't value my audience on Instagram. It's just, I, they're not, they are just there to see pictures. They aren't so much. I haven't found that they're so much there to be my future customers. And maybe I'm just going about that wrong. Right. I mean, from my perspective, uh, Instagram does work for some businesses in that way where it is a lead gen. It's, it's a direct platform for selling. And then in other cases, like with myself, it's it's not that it's it's more of just, hey, here's, you know, for the fans who want to know more about me in my life, like that's the platform to go to, you know, just to kind of add on to the other things that where I am spending time and actually, you know, I have funnels and other things in place, too. Right. And I think that's kind of where I'm headed. I kind of I took it to the extreme and just didn't post like hardly at all. And I'd like to get to a happy medium because that's where I'd like to have that more personal connection through stories and posts that I enjoy posting, but I don't want it to be this, I have to do it every day kind of a chore because I think, and I think maybe that's why my numbers dropped was, I think it was actually showing in my work that maybe that I wasn't as invested as I was previously, like I was doing it, but it was, it was forced. Right, right. And it's not like you don't write a note that says, hey, I don't want to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. But in just the feeling of it and, you know, audiences can read that, which is really interesting, you know, so where, where, so where did you spend more time? Where did you put more effort into? So I've been focusing pretty hard on just creating video content as text will always hold a lot of value. But in our digital era, people are becoming much more like they go and watch a video to learn how to do something, especially if it's something quick, like they just, they'd rather watch a video than read a blog post or something like that. I mean, I love that decision. And the reason why, and I'm, I'm here on your YouTube channel now, uh, The Petite Planner, go subscribe now. You have about 18,000 subscribers. I mean, I'm seeing some videos here that weren't published that long ago. I mean, seven, eight months ago, and you've got 100,000 views, 66,000 views, like things are going really well. And I think for something visual like this, and you, you're an amazing artist and, and you know the Instagram play made sense, but the problem with Instagram is like, okay, you do that video and then it, that video kind of disappears in the ether, right? Like it's in your archive, but like nobody goes back into the archive or hardly people do. However, you now have the findability and the searching and, and w especially with your bullet journal stuff, like that's key. And I think that leaning into that to spend time to create these beautiful looking videos is, is, is the right move for sure. And how have the results been on there since you've been putting more effort into it? It's been way better with video. So I recently launched a new online course and in the past, I was really trying to push an older course at Instagram and it just wasn't taking like, and I, it, th that's obviously in those moments, it's very disappointing and it's frustrating, but with YouTube, I get this chance to kind of tease a little bit more into what the actual course is because it is video content. They are video lessons. So I can showcase those things in video without giving the whole course away. And I think that it, it translates better into sales. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, you're basically giving people sort of like a Costco sample. Right. Well, and I feel like I can translate better what the audience, what they've asked for and what they want to see from me in video. Like I and I've been told by so many of my previous students and even just people on YouTube that are like, you're a really great teacher. And I really like the way that you your methods. And so for me, I I take those comments and I think to myself like, oh, this is so this is just what I'm naturally good at. Even if I don't always feel amazing at it, even if there are times where I think that I'm really bad, like this, 
this style for me comes naturally. I see a video here that you published two weeks ago that seemed to pop a little bit. A pop for those of you who aren't on YouTube is like, you know, you can create these videos and they're going to get sort of a basic, you know, level of, of views. And then there's going to be one or two that just like zoom, like get all these views. And it's called September 2019. There's a little unicorn emoji plan with me. I don't know this because I'm not in your channel, but is this like a recurring video that you do every single month with people? Yes. So I set up, so similar to like what you have as a planner, except in a journal, you're creating every individual page yourself. So you can tailor it to um, your goals for the month or, you know, whatever you want to add. So I do typically like my monthly calendar, a place where I can track my daily habits, like three big goals. And then I do daily gratitude. So those are things. And I record that entire setup, which is quite lengthy, but then shorten it down with video editing and voiceover. Um, and people enjoy them. They enjoy watching them just for fun. There are also a lot of people who are looking for inspiration or insight into things that might work well in their own daily agenda. Yeah, that's really neat. Have you been doing that for a while? Because I, I love that idea. It kind of reminds me of when I used to do those income reports every month and people could just look forward to them. And, you know, I, I would imagine that people are subscribed and are they can't wait for the for the October one and the November one. Yes. Those are definitely where I get the most views, where I also get the most subscribers are those videos. And then I obviously fill in between with related content because it's only once a month. But they have been going on, let's see, I think, I don't know, I think I posted my last, I got really consistent maybe last year in March, maybe. So since last year in March, I do just one video a month and it it usually does well. And it's really weird. YouTube fluctuates a lot too. There was a time where I was getting upwards of like 50,000 views on that video. And then like this month and even the month previous, it's it dropped way down. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing differently. But then all of a sudden, I'll have one that spikes way up. So if you have any insight on the way that YouTube works, I'd love to hear it. I mean, they're always changing testing. It's kind of annoying to be honest. <laughs> Just like every other platform, right? Right, exactly. Um, cool. So business-wise, how have things changed since then? You know, you said you, you just released a new course. Uh, how have things been going on on the, the income generating stuff? Good. So I'm still, my main sources of income now are going to be my ad company that I run on my blog. And then my course sales are going to be my main sources. And Course sales are good. They're always really good, like right at the beginning. And there's this big like influx of all the people that want to join. And then it kind of tapers off. So I'm working right now on creating, I have it all created, but I'm making the video content for a like intro to this course. And it's just an email series, like um, 10 days of emails that, you know, summarize and give like a basic intro to this course. I love that. I think that's really smart. Was that based on uh, like a request or just your sort of understanding of sort of what the gaps were in, in the marketing? Yeah. So the majority of my sales come from my email subscriber list. That's where I have the most leverage, I guess. And so I figured like these are just what I'm sending out are just like weekly broadcast emails, you know, newsletters and updates and things like that. So if I'm generating those sales from those, I thought, and even from the research I've done, just having like a funnel of, you know, the specific people that are looking for a specific topic to funnel them through and give them, I know for me, like if I'm going to buy something 
I want, especially online from an untrusted, not untrusted, that's a bad word, but from a source that isn't just some big name retailer, I like to have a little bit of a lead up. And it definitely, I know that I'm influenced. The more emails I get, as long as I'm engaged, the more likely I am to purchase something. For sure. For sure. This is all great. It sounds like things are going. It's just kind of, you're, you're in the motions now. You're making smarter decisions with kind of where to put your time. What's on your mind in terms of what's coming next? Any, any worries? Any, anything that you have any questions about? My biggest struggle is still just prioritizing and blocking out time. So I tried this thing where I was like, okay, I'm going to set up a weekly schedule and this is what I'm going to do on Mondays. And maybe Mondays was like create new blog post content. And then on Tuesdays, it would be like photographing and shooting video and then editing and backend stuff on different days. Right. And it worked for about a week and then it didn't. And I don't really have, my excuse is that I have a family with young children, um, but that's, it's not an excuse. I just don't know how to work with it. Like, I feel like I have the discipline, but I'm not, I still find myself sidetracking because I can always look at something and say, but I could be doing this because this task seems less important right now, but it it's important, but something else always seems more important. Yeah. You know, productivity is, is one of those things that, you know, what works for one person may not work for another. And the, the daily blocking thing works really, really well for me, but I've learned just like with diets, right? It's like, I could say eh, the, the keto diet's the best, but then somebody tries it and it literally ruins them. So it's, you kind of have to kind of keep experimenting. And I, I'm just more encouraged by the fact that you tried that and found out that that, that didn't work because um, that means you can kind of cross that one off your list. Well, and I'd like to try something similar just because I like, I, I'm really, I'm pretty good at routine with certain things. But when it comes to my business, I think a lot of it is working at home. I find myself like constantly torn between like, I am a mom and a wife and a business owner, and I'm doing it all <laughs> in under the same roof. Right. Three super important jobs all in one. Right. So I find myself sometimes like putting, obviously putting like family or household things. And I'm like, oh, I should be, I should be writing this. And then I'm doing something else. But I would like to try the time blocking thing because I think if I could just get into the routine of doing it, it would be better. The other thing is like, I tend to schedule things around if my daughter has a day off from school, like then that would be a day that I would like to just not put in as much work. Totally. As you should. And that's the benefit of being an, uh, an entrepreneur. You can make those decisions and you're not tied down to anything. Right. And I remember when I first started my business, it was like freedom. I can do whatever, whenever. But then because of that, I either did way too much work or or not enough. And it was just like, hey, I need a, I need some boundaries. So I think perhaps giving a second shot to the time blocking and Maybe it's certain hours within certain days, or maybe it's just, you know, certain days are for one thing, knowing that, hey, you have other things to do, but those are meant for other days and kind of just honoring that. It might just take a little bit more time and experimentation and nuancing to do that. It was very similar to like when I shifted over to being a morning person from a night person, getting inspired by Hal Elrod and his book, The Miracle Morning. Like he was like, okay, like wake up this early and do these things. And I was just like, I tried it for a week and literally was like, this is the worst thing ever because... <laughs> I cannot wake up early. I'm smashing the snooze button. But then, you know, I, I took a break and I went back and tried again because I really knew it would benefit me. And then, you know, just kind of got really diligent with it. 
and now I, I'm a total morning person. So it took a second try, and 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 perhaps that's what you need to do. And you know, I would imagine the summer was also tough because you know you, your kids are at home all the time, and now that we're in the fall, maybe will be a little bit easier to try time locking again. Yes, and I do think that's part of it. Summer throws me off and throws, throws my whole routine off. off because I was gonna say, on top of like my daughter being home from school, that's typically when we plan all of our trips and you know, adventures and stuff. So we're away from the house a lot. And it's much harder for me to say, you know, no, I have to work when my husband works out of the house. And so like when he has time off, that's just when we go. Yeah, absolutely. How, how is your, do, do you have a team helping you at all? Or is it just you? It is just me. My husband, sometimes he helps um, in areas that he can. I'm pretty picky. I'm trying to let go of that. And I think this year may be the year that I might bring somebody on to do, I don't know, I was thinking maybe like social media. I don't, what do you, for somebody who's just hiring, maybe as a, like a VA, is that where you would put them? Like on what kind of tasks? Maybe. It, 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 the tasks that I would recommend for somebody that you hire would be those mundane, repetitive things that you know need to get done, but you just don't want to do or know that your time is better deserved elsewhere. That could be social media. And this is the trap that many people go in is like, oh, I need to do social media, so I'm going to hire somebody and they're just going to do it, Ver you know, which is like a default. Oh, yeah, they'll do social media versus um, I need them to take the new blog post that I come out with every Wednesday and, you know, tweet it out for me this many times and, and create this graphic to go along with it so I can put it on my Instagram for me. Stuff that, you know, I would normally do myself, but those little tiny things here and there add up to hours and, and all the transition between one job to another, like that eats up our time so much. Yes. If I had somebody to create just like Pinterest graphics, oh my gosh, that would save me probably hours. That's where I would start, L literally hire just for that and just see what that does because it's easy. You have your own system. You teach them your system and then you're hands off from that point forward. Okay. And I guess that's where I'm like, I have to let go of this idea of only I can do it or only I know what I want Right. and be okay and know that I can just teach somebody. So I think that's where my holdup has been. But I think if I can get there, maybe especially then I can really make the time blocking and be more productive because I won't have all these little things that I always feel they interrupt something big that I'm doing. I'll be working on, say, a new blog post and write it out and work on the editing. And then somewhere along the lines, I get into graphic creation. And then next thing I know, I'm there for three hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. It's those small things that are what you offer a VA to do. And number one, now they have work that they love because you're and you're helping to support them in their life. So don't make it feel like, oh, it's it's crappy work for me and I'm just handing off crappy work to other people. It's like this is their job and they love to do it and they're supporting themselves and you're helping that, which is which is great. And then secondly, like like you said, this is just going to open up way more brain space for you, I think, more than just time. It's it's just comfort. And I think starting small with one task first on a micro level will kind of teach you that, hey, this is okay, I'm okay. And more than that, it's like, oh, because I did the same thing. I was like, I'm gonna hand off my first piece of work to somebody else to edit my show, Ask Pat. I wasn't ready for them to edit SPI, my main show or anything else yet. I wanted to start small. And once I got a taste of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I just saved like three hours of work every week. What else can I offer? And I just started like everything I could think of. I was just like, hire for this, like hand, hand that off because our time is valuable, especially as parents, you know? 
Yes. So now my next question that would go along with that, just to ask you, does it pay off? Like, I mean, you know, is the return on investment good on VA work, would you say? Yeah, this is an excellent question. It's hard to analyze the payoff in terms of I pay this person X dollars and as a result of that, I get X dollars back, right? It's not a one-to-one equation. The payoff comes in the fact that these things are getting done without me having to do them and my time is worth more than money. And that's where you're gonna see, especially as a parent, especially as a wife, especially as a business owner, you're gonna go, wow, like this you know, amount of money that I was paying was totally worth this extra brain space so that I could accomplish my bigger goal in my my business or so that I could have that date night or so that I could be there with my kids and not worry about those small things while I was with them, which that was my problem. It was like I had all those small things to take care of as well. And even if, even when I was with my kid, I was like, oh my gosh, but I still have that little thing. And I, if I could just get on my phone right now and take care of that, like that's that's unfair. And to me, that was worth the payoff, you know? Okay. Yep. And that, that right there, that was probably the, the point that touched me the most. Cause I do, I find myself more often than I want to admit, probably checking my phone or checking my email on my phone or responding to an email while I'm supposed to be, it's supposed to be family time. Right. So imagine you're with your family and you have that thought of, Oh, what about that Pinterest graphic? And you just remember, Oh yeah, that's why I hired so-and-so that's a proud moment. Like you're taking control and allowing for other people to do this stuff so that you can do what you want to do. That makes so much sense. And I definitely now am like more leaning towards doing it where I was very, very hesitant. Can be a great thing. Couple quick tips when you eventually get to that point to hire somebody. Show them how to do what you want them to do via video and share that video. There's like no, you can't misinterpret visually seeing how things are done, right? So that's number one. And number two, just be conscious about the fact that, you know, you have to kind of after you train them and really tell them, I want this at this time and this is how it's done. Let them go. You know, you kind of have to let go a little bit because there are times in in my life and I know I've helped others do the same where they hire somebody and then literally they're spending more time micromanaging that person than they would if they did that job themselves. That's kind of the trap that that many people who are first time VA hiring can potentially fall into. So I just wanted to offer those before we finish up. Yeah, no, I appreciate that because I, I mean, I, I would hope that I'm not that person, but I can also honestly say that I might be able to see myself being that person. Yeah, I mean, and, and you don't even know sometimes when you're doing it. It's just because you care so much about your work and helping other people and training this person. You, 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 when you kind of step back and read the label because you were inside the bottle before, it's like, whoa, I'm actually spending more time doing this than I was before. So this is all really encouraging, Aaron. I, I think you're ready for the, for some of those next steps and you don't have to go all in with it. You can take baby steps and just super proud of uh, what you've done in the continual journey of, of optimizing and, and being the best mom and wife and business owner you can be. So I'm just all, all that to say I'm proud of you and just keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. We'll check in with you a little bit later to see how things are going. But one more time, where can people go to find out more and, and learn more from you? My website is thepetiteplanner.com and I am The Petite Planner across all social media. Love it. Thank you so much, Erin. We appreciate you. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. All right, I hope you enjoy that catch up with Erin. Erin, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you sharing where you're at now. It sounds like things are going really well. It's just a little bit of prioritization and, and time management. And uh, I'm just so stoked to hear how and what it's like to, to start hiring people to even to start off small, 
kind of remove yourself from some of the work that may be distracting you from some of the bigger things and, and your family. And this is, trust me, you're not alone in this. This is all of us. So I hope this is helpful for everybody else too. And thank you again for coming on. You can find Erin at thepetitplanner.com and you can find her courses and stuff on Teachable and in other places too. You could just find her out uh, on her website and uh, on her YouTube channel, which is growing as well. So great job, Erin. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who listened to the show and make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. I'm super excited. It's a brand new year. We got a lot of big things coming up. Some fun things planned on SPI. PatFlynn.com is live now. Check that out if you haven't already. My personal site where I'm talking about some other fun things outside of business and business stuff too, but other things like parenting, education, technology, Tesla, gaming, VR, just all the things I love that I want to talk about that SPI wasn't really you know, meant for is now on patflynn.com. Check it out. And big shout out to the team over at Authentic for the design. And just, I love it so, so much. For those of you who were at FlynnCon, you might recognize the logo because it uh, actually started there. And I borrowed that and took that for my own personal website. And yes, FlynnCon is coming back. FlynnCon 2, if you haven't already checked it out, you can see if there are any tickets available because uh, we've been selling them and the prices go up every single month. And that happens in San Diego, July 24 to 26. Would love to see you there as a part of the community. And I was once told uh, in an earlier episode that it's probably the most friendliest group of people that you'll ever meet. So if you're an introvert, you don't go to these events very often, or maybe even because it's the summer, hey, now's your opportunity. Would love to welcome you there. Make sure you have a good time and and learn and get motivated too. So bring your family, check it out, flincon2.com. And I look forward to serving you the next upcoming coaching sessions here on Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks for being here. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.